And I thought, well, um, you know, probably the next big occasion that we'll be celebrating, besides just the, the celebration of every day, every Sunday, is, uh, you know, Resurrection Sunday. So I'm thinking, okay, if I start in the book of 1 Corinthians, then maybe I can arrive right on Resurrection Sunday, I can arrive in 1 Corinthians 15, right, which is the great passage of the resurrection. So that might be, that might be 2024, Brother Randy, when I, when I, when I get there, but uh, maybe one, one, one Easter I'll land on that. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the plan. And uh, the pace that I'm going here in chapter 1, it's, it's probably not going to happen, but... Um, <clears throat> So we saw some aspects just uh, in, in this, this, this chapter of introduction of the church at Corinth. Every church is interesting. Every church has its own, you know, kind of dynamics and personalities and, and uh, issues. And, and Paul, with a heart towards these churches, uh, he, uh, somewhat of a circuit, circuit preacher and a church planter, you know, he, he, his way of following up with them when he hears of issues, comes, becomes aware of things, is to, is to write to them and address these things. And, and you know, we, we don't know for sure how many letters he wrote, but we do know which ones were inspired. And uh, they're preserved for us to this day. Very valuable, very valuable to have uh, letters uh, written by Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God to help churches. And every church that is, that is written to, every pastor that is written to, there's definitely things that we can, we can uh, um, benefit right now from. And then there's things that maybe if we're not dealing with exactly right now, that we better tuck away, we better take notice of, because probably we will be dealing with those things somewhere along the line. Why? Because people are, have, you know, they're the same everywhere and, and always. <laughs> and uh, it's like the Bible says, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And people, they have the same... They tend to make the same mistakes, have the same, create the same sort of problems. Carnality, you know, manifests itself in the same ways. And, and uh, this was a carnal church uh, that's pretty well, you know, established. Uh, when we hear the church of Corinth, that, that they, were, they were not tremendously spirit-led in, in many areas. But that's different than, uh, I believe, than, uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're an apostate church or, or that they... Um, you know, that they're, they're teaching right out false doctrine. It just means that, you know, they, they may, they're gospel-centered. They got the right message, salvation by grace through faith, but they're struggling in some of the, you know, the practicalities of that and, uh, and just being uh, spirit-led in, 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 uh, in practical uh, areas. And uh, so we're going to see, you know, a number of things addressed here. We saw that they were a gospel church, verses 1 through 4. I believe they were a growing church. It mentions different individuals, and a, and a gospel church will be a growing church. They were a gifted church. They fell behind in no gift, uh, verses 5 uh, through 7. But then uh, they were a guilty church as well. There were some things that needed to, to, uh, to be fixed there and that are going to be um, addressed and dealt with. And then uh, we were spending some time on this, uh, starting at verse 12. They were a church which... To some degree, to a large degree, they were focused on or glorifying the wrong things. They were glorifying um, the wrong things. And uh, look at verse number 31. At the end of verse 31, it says, He that, what's the word there? Yeah, we're in, we're in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 31. That according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him 
glory in the Lord. Okay? So, after addressing a number of areas here, you know, he, he, he lands on this point. Okay? He brings them home to this, that after all that is said, you know, we need to be, we need to be glorying in the Lord and, and only um, in the Lord. I know, I mean, we hear that sort of thing a lot as Christians. And it can almost just go, you know, I mean, yeah, all the glory goes to the Lord. And that's so easy to say, right? And that's such a basic truth to us. But the reason why we have these fundamental truths, these, these, these firm landing spots, is because they're, they're revolutionary truths. They're watershed truths. They're truths with, with huge implications, right? And, uh, and so um, let's read from uh, verse 12 to the end of the chapter, just see some of the implications here. And uh, I think you'll also see that these things are still going on today, right? Uh, still have to be dealt with uh, today. And, uh, and, and so verse 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 12 says, Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am a Paul, and I am a Paulus. And I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And so they were glorifying the wrong things, and uh, they were, uh, one of the things that we see here is they were ego, egocentric. Now, we're not saying that, we're not talking about the egos of, you know, Paul, Apollos, or Cephas. Certainly not of Christ, necessarily. Um, were those three guys? Certainly not of Christ. We're talking about, though, the egos of those who, through, through name-dropping, are you familiar with that terminology? Through, you know, through sort of seeking to, to establish their position with who they're identifying with, big names, right? We're feeding their own egos, okay? You see this phenomenon, like, in, in sports sometimes, okay? Like, all right, like, so Argentina just won the, the World Cup, you know? And, uh, I mean... I grew up in Argentina, right? And so, you know, my team, my team won the, won the trophy. Aren't you impressed? Well, hey, that doesn't necessarily make me a good soccer player, does it? All right? Just because Argentina won the, that doesn't make me a soccer player at all, all right? It doesn't even necessarily mean that I'm, you know, that I'm a great Argentine. I'm actually not an Argentine. But, you know, sometimes, I mean, like, you know, I might say, hey, my team won, right? And because my team won, you know, I'm special in some way. You kind of get that identity thing going on there, right? And uh, it's kind of funny with sports. I mean, how people, you know, and they get all the paraphernalia, right, and to go along with that. And, um, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's funny in sports, but it really has no place in the church, right? Um, all the glory goes to the Lord. And, and, you know, ultimately, like, does it, does it matter where I was trained as far as the college goes? Yes, it matters to the degree that they, that they grounded me, helped me be grounded in the word of God, and led me to give glory to God, right? But other than that, as far as a matter of identity to puff ourselves up, you know, that's, that's not, that's, that doesn't bring glory to God, all right? Um, does it matter, you know, ultimately, like, who discipled me, or, you know, what, what, what TV preacher I, you know, or radio preacher I listen to, um, 
or, you know, all those things. Hey, look, if they're beneficial to us to draw our eyes to the Lord Jesus Christ and to help us have sound doctrine to give glory to God, then great. All right? But that doesn't make me, look, just because I admire a great Christian doesn't make me a great Christian. Just because I identify with something that, that, that's honoring the Lord doesn't mean that that's true for me, right? And so what they were doing here is, you know, they were, they were, they were, being, they were, being, they were being prideful, okay? And they were being egocentric and, uh, and identify with these things almost in a, in a divisive kind of way, right? And uh, so he addressed that. Then he goes on here. Um, he says in verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be uh, made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness, but unto them which are saved is the power of God. And, uh, and, and so, it, uh, you know, Paul is saying, look, it's, the important thing isn't mere eloquence, all right? It isn't, it isn't the ability to, to be a, a, to come across as a very wise communicator uh, for people to look at and say, wow, what, what tremendous wisdom. You just see some of the, 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 the people that, I shouldn't say people, but the, the messages that some people are, that a lot of people are following, a lot of it's online now. The stuff that's being put out there, um, just, just humanistic garbage, somehow tied slightly to, 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 loosely to theology. But it's, but the, the, the people who are promoting it, they're, 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 they're great communicators. You know, they're very, they have a lot of worldly wisdom in their communication. They're very eloquent. Um, they gain a following by using words to influence and manipulate people's minds. Uh, I had a couple names I looked at. I was going to mention them, but it's like, why well, even leave? You know, because, you know, like me, when I hear people's names, you know what the first thing I do is I go look them up you know, and listen to some of what they have to say. And I don't even want you to do that with these people, so I'm not even going to mention their names. But they're, they're like, they're gaining, you know, individuals that are gaining huge followings because they're eloquent in their speech, and they're saying that this is the wisdom that mankind needs. It's like the new gospel, you know. It's a new approach. It's, it's what is going to make you everything that you can be. But it doesn't draw, it doesn't, it doesn't lead people to the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't lead people to, like the preaching of the cross, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. And they're not preaching the power of the cross. They're basically preaching the gospel of humanism, the pride of life, and, uh, you know, discovering all that you can be. And it's, and it's wrapped in all kinds of different ways. I'm just kind of giving you a you know, nutshell version of it. It's the old playbook, but it's, it's you know, um, it's amazing. It made, it, people in the image of God how how they can, because of God's, you know, image in mankind, how, how good they can get at communicating things that are wrong. Right? And uh, we just need to be, be alert to that. And so eloquence is just eloquence. It doesn't mean it's true. And that's part of what he's pointing out to them. All right, we'll get to, to uh, a few uh, other, uh, some new points here. 
uh, this week. There's a little bit of review. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I pray now as we just uh, spend some time in this passage that you would uh, open up truth to us, that you would help me to, uh, to guide um, accurately through these things in a way that would be practical as well, and that would help us glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's read uh, through to the end of the chapter, and then I want to come back and make a few points, uh, Lord willing. And so it says in verse uh, 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, uh, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things uh, which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now look at verse 30, because that tells you what we can glory in the Lord uh, about. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us these three things. Wisdom, that is true wisdom, godly wisdom. Righteousness sanctification, and redemption. You know what that's telling you right there? That in Christ, we have everything. <laughs> we have everything in Christ. And, you know, when, when, when mankind goes outside of the realm of God and the realm of finding what the, their true need in the Lord Jesus Christ, then it's all, you know, what James says, you know, your life is but a vapor, it all ends up just being a puff of smoke. It ends up being, you know, all of this, uh, all of this activity, all of these brain waves, you know, all of this uh, uh, wasted um, genius of God, which is put within mankind, where they just they bat around their ideas and they promote their philosophies and they expound their wisdom. But it's all de detached from, from God, from the Creator, from the one that gave them the ability to even ponder these things at all. Right? It's all detached from that. And ultimately, it does not serve the purpose of meeting the true needs of mankind in the areas of wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Those are the true needs of all mankind. Now you tell me today uh, what... What uh, institution of higher learning in America today is helping lead people to godly wisdom, to true righteousness, to sanctification, and to redemption, which is uh, the restored value of mankind? 
Not many of them. Not many of them. You know, that's why I get excited, you know, when I hear one of our young people choosing, if they are going to continue their studies, choosing to go to a place that's going to help them, you know, continue to have a, a biblical worldview, to proceed in the wisdom of God. Hey, uh, Dublin Christian Academy. I've heard that's a pretty special place. Kids can go there. They might not have the opportunity otherwise. They can go there and they can be, be taught about what God says about things. Right? The wisdom of God. Uh, things that pertain to, to, to true wisdom, to righteousness, to sanctification, and to redemption. You know, time goes really fast. Time goes really fast. And it seems like this church here, and, and I mentioned it uh, last time just by way of introduction, and we'll, we'll uh, um, pursue this a little further from the verses here, but they, they, they were a church which glorified the wrong things, um, egos, eloquence, and a, a wrong emphasis, an overemphasis on um, education. Now, obviously, Christians should be excellent in all the areas that we pursue to the glory of God. Whether, therefore, you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Christians need to pursue um, the, 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 the skills of learning with vigor and with enthusiasm. We need to discover how God made things. We need to see how he put the numbers together. Uh, we need to learn to, uh, the, the, the languages. We need to to study our God-given language and, and to seek to be clear communicators of truth in that language. We need to learn from history. We need to, we need to understand geography and, and, and uh, what's going on um, in the world and for the gospel cause and where things are. You know, we need to learn where Zambia is on the map, right? Uh, some of, your, uh, some of the, 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 uh, the, the people in your church family are going to be going to Zambia. Where's Zambia? You know, that's a place that needs the gospel. And uh, so, look, hey, we're all, we're all about learning about God and how he made things. But you know what the Bible says about knowledge apart from God? It, puffs, it puffeth up. It just makes, it, 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 what it does, it makes, it makes us boastful creatures about how much we know. It just makes people prideful. You see, Knowledge and wisdom within the context of, with a, with, with a biblical uh, worldview and, and seeking to, uh, to learn about the Creator and how He made things, that's a humbling thing. When you see, I mean, have you ever, have you ever studied like the, the stars and, and, you know, how big the sun is compared, you know, to, to Earth? And that's really just a puny little star. And then like, uh, what's some of the Beetlejuice? Uh, uh, Canis Majoris, right? The big dog. Isn't that what, what, the name of one of those stars? And like, you start to study those things and, and, and how God put all that out there, put that all in motion. And I mean, it's a humbling thing. To, to, when, you're, when you're looking at things in, the, in, in, in relation to God and how he made things, it brings humility. And it brings a desire to know even more and to... to uh, to glory in what he has done, to enjoy what God has put together, and to learn how to use it for his glory, you see? That's one approach, okay? The other approach is, is, uh, is the, uh, you know, the spirit of Babel. 
the spirit of the Tower of Babel, right? Where you had, I mean, there was some genius going on there. And God even said, man, if I let this keep going, all these great minds together building something, um, you know, that's, a, that, that, that's, that, that's something that could get out of control. And, and, it's, and it, I mean, even God was saying that, that's, that's pretty impressive on that level. <laughs> to the degree where he said, you know, I'm going to go and disrupt that. <laughs> I'm going I'm to stop that because this is just something that's, that's just to the pride of men. You know, we are going to make a name for ourselves and reach unto to, to the heavens, right? And, uh, you know, technology. I mean, today, what, you know, people, I mean, you know, the, the, the Tower of, of Babel, they're making that look like, you know, uh, Lincoln Logs, right? I mean, the, the, the stuff that the man's putting together. What are they, what are they doing? They're really just, dis they're, they're, they're discovering what God already put there. Man isn't creating anything new. They're taking the components that are already there, right, that God made, and they're learning how to put things together, which is pretty amazing. But, you know, a lot of it is just to make a name for ourselves and to make money for ourselves and to have more power and influence for ourselves, right? And uh, it's just a whole different mindset. And so look at verse 19. It says, For as it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? The writer? You know, those that are on the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> Check that list out sometime. There's not a whole lot of glory to God going on on that list usually. Usually, you know, there's, a lot of, there's just a lot of humanism. There's a lot of glorification of man. Um, there's a lot of promotion of, of, of man's wisdom. And uh, so where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? The intellects of this world. Hath not God made the foolishness, uh, um, uh, the, made foolish the wisdom of this world? You know, compared to the genius of God, the genius of God that he put just a little sample of, of the genius of himself into mankind made in his image. We are nothing compared to his. We're, we're foolish. Our most genius moments are foolishness compared to God's genius. Right? And we need to keep that in mind anytime we're putting ourselves under the teaching influence of another human being. We need to keep in mind that, that God is the, the source of all wisdom. God is the source of all knowledge. And anybody uh, who is teaching us, at best, is seeking to take the mind of God through a flawed vessel and to convey some of that. And at worst, they're saying, we don't need God. We're just going to promote our own way of thinking. And uh, the Bible says, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so... Uh, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So when it became obvious that the wisdom of man wasn't leading people to know God, then God said, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to look to... Uh, to the, uh, to the tremendously uh, wise, educated minds of this world to promote my ways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the preacher. 
I'm going to go to the preacher because I'm going to trust that the preacher is going to, is going to open up my word, right? And it's going to lead people to my understanding, to what I call wise, to my ways, to my thinking. The preacher is going to lead uh, people to, to those things. And the world may call that foolishness, which they do call preaching to a large degree. You know one of the things that is made fun of uh, very often in, in the institutions of higher learning in America today? The Bible. <laughs> You know, some of the students that are made to, 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 uh, to be ridiculed and to made foolish in the, in the institutions of higher learning in America today? Christians. Why do you think that is? Because the knowledge of man has puffed up their hearts towards Almighty God. And, uh, and, and so God says, you know, uh, they might call it foolish, but I'm choosing the preacher to take the word of God, my mind, Facts and truth, and to be the truth tellers in this world. And uh, hey, look, anyone else who wants to proclaim God's word, join the join the club, right? Uh, to say, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, because preacher really means proclaimer, and all of us can be a proclaimer of truth. All of us can be a proclaimer of truth. Um, and uh, so, so uh, um, it says there in verse 22 for the Jews. Uh, require a sign, and the Greeks seek after, uh, they seek after wisdom. And, and so you had uh, two different groups that he's speaking of here, and you know, the, the Jews are like, uh, give us proof. Give us proof that, uh, you know, that you're, really, that you're really the ones that are from God. Show us some proof. Show us some miracles. And of course, you know, I mean, throughout the, uh, the scriptures, it keeps saying, well, you know, I mean, if, if you're not going to believe the resurrection... You know, if you're not going to take that as proof, then I'm not really sure what I can do for you, <laughs> right? Um, and, the, uh, and the Greeks give us wisdom, you know, and impress us, wow us with your intellect. The Greeks worshipped education. The Christian appreciates education for as much as it leads us to the wonders of God and how we can use those things. The Greeks worshipped education. You know what, uh, uh, what, what country has followed the Greek model when it comes to knowledge and wisdom? The United States. We have followed the, the Greek model to a large degree. And, um, and, and, and so, you know, worshipping the mind and the body. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, just that, that's, we can identify. I mean, the, Corinth was in that sort of a culture, and, and, uh, and, and we are to a large degree today. Um, as well. So just glorifying um, education to the detraction of, of, of glory to God. And then in verse 22 it says, For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks um, foolishness. And uh, we preach Christ crucified. We preach, that's a very important phrase right there. We preach Christ crucified. Do you know that there's no more important truth in the world today than Christ crucified? There's no more important truth. I mean, of all the discoveries, all of the fields of studies, all the sciences, you know, whatever you want to talk about in the realm of learning, there's nothing that can help man more than preaching about Christ crucified. 
That's the, the, that's the, the need that every human being has. And, uh, and, I mean, a lot of the agendas today, you know, they're just so, you know, you stick your finger and we'll see which way the wind is blowing. They're just, they're just man, blowing hot air. You know, calling what is right wrong and what is wrong right. Um, what people really need is, is they, 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 need, they need preaching of the big picture of what God's plan is. And uh, um, they, 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 there, was, there was a story, and I don't know how, how true this is, but of a church that started out being a strong church, preaching Christ crucified. Under the Jews, a stumbling block, because that was an embarrassment to the Jews to think, you know, we would follow uh, somebody who, you know, a, a Savior that was crucified. They knew that in the Old Testament, you know, it says, cursed is one that, that hangs upon a tree, right? And uh, uh, that, that's, that's a stumbling block. That's an offense. That's, that's an embarrassment to think that we would follow somebody that was crucified. And uh, to the Greeks, it was foolishness. You know, the, the, the Greeks, actually, there's some surviving uh, paintings and character, uh, character, uh, caricatures <laughs> of, uh, uh, that, that, de that depict, you know, what they thought of Christians worshiping Jesus. And they're actually quite blasphemous and, uh, and mocking. And um, they just show how foolish that they think, because they're so smart, right, and they're so educated, how foolish they th and, and, uh, that they think um, uh, in wasting our potential that they think Christians are. All right? So things haven't changed a whole lot. But they're, they're, supposedly there was this church, and uh, they, they were a strong church. We preach Christ crucified. And they had this on their archway. That's what it said. They, they, they had that engraved on the stone archway. And as, as they uh, started to, to less and less adhere to the strength of their roots as a church, as the story goes, the, the, the ivy, the vines, started growing up over that archway. And, uh, and it came to the point where, where, where crucified was covered. So all you can see on there is, we preach Christ. And it was kind of indicative of churches, you know, that, that they said, do we really need to really emphasize this whole crucifixion thing anymore? Do we, need to, do we need to really emphasize the resurrection anymore? You know, those things are just a distraction. Let's just talk about we preach Christ. Christ was like a really good person, you know. Um, he loved people. Uh, he did a lot of great things. You know, let's, let's forget about Christ crucified, which is kind of... <clears throat> confrontational and dogmatic. We just preach Christ, right? And then the, uh, and then the ivy grew a little more, and, and then it just said, you know, we preach. And so they weren't, you know, preaching crucified anymore. And uh, they weren't really talking about Christ a lot anymore. They were just teaching, you know, they were giving feel-good messages. Just, you know, warm, fuzzy stuff. Motivational speeches. But they were still preaching. They still had a pulpit. They still had somebody to get up and give a little talk, right? And then the, the vine, the ivy grew a little more, and then he just ended up with just we. Which, you know, as the illustration goes, is kind of how a lot of churches have ended up in America now. They're just a group of people that are adhering to some traditions um, they're like a social club, you know. There's no, there's no gospel preaching that's confrontational and goes to the heart of the crucified uh, Christ. There's no emphasis of the Christ life anymore. 
Um, and uh, there's very little preaching even at all that goes on. It's just basically a story, a, a, a building that people say that that's a church building, and everything that goes on there is pretty much just like, you know, goes on in any other social activity that there might be in the world. Look, the reason why the Holy Spirit used men like Paul to write the pointed things that he wrote was because God knew that we needed to keep going back to these things over and over again so that we would stay the course as Bible-believing Christians. Because can you see what happens when, the, when, when, when these, these doctrines are not consistently um, emphasized? It's the same everywhere. You had, you had, you know, like Great Britain. You had that area that was such a bastion for, for, for the gospel at one time. And what is it now? It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a land that's littered with old, impressive church buildings, right? Kind of like the New England, white, quaint, steepled church buildings. Not that I wouldn't like to get our steeple back someday, but uh, that, I don't know. That's probably never going to happen. But, uh, you know, look, you know, th- those, that, those aren't churches. Those are buildings, they could, maybe, they could be churches. They might be churches, right? If there's people in there that are looking to what God says and to get his wisdom and to get his knowledge, to glory in the right things, to ultimately look to him for all wisdom, for righteousness, for sanctification, and for redemption, they are churches then. But if not, they're just buildings that maybe, maybe at one time, you know, could say we preach Christ crucified, um, but uh, who knows how much of the inscription there is left uh, for the glory of God. And, uh, and so this church, uh, they, they, were, they were glorifying some, some of the wrong things. Um, and uh, let's just finish uh, here. It says in verse uh, uh, 24, But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Look, even that which, which people would point out and say, that's foolish to believe, you know, uh, in this whole story of Jesus being hung, killed as a criminal on a cross. You know, that's foolishness. Well, look, all right. For the point in history that man points at and says God was the most foolish, that's still way wiser, as it turns out, than any of the wisdom of man. Because what did that end up accomplishing? It ended up accomplishing the word to save the whole world, if they would believe on it, right? And, and, then, and then it says, um, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. And God, at, at, at seemingly his weakest moment, I mean, they're taking him and they're, they're, they're killing him shamefully in front of men. And, and, and men have the upper hand on and supposedly, you know, the son of God. Can't even save himself, the guy next to him said, Right? But in his weakest moment by perception of mankind, what was he doing? He was doing something powerful and amazing, right? And so God, by the human perspective, at his most foolish, weakest time, <laughs> was on such a different plane than man's wisdom that it's laughable <laughs> in comparison. And, um, and, you know, man is just so full of themselves. 
so for themselves. It says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. And it is true, you know, because here he's saying be careful about glorifying the elites, the elites. In our, in our culture, they're called the celebrities. How many celebrities are God-fearing people? How many celebrities are, can, can you say, you know, well, I'll look at them and I can see that they're called by God, you know, to give a transformational message to the world, to the glory of God. You see, not too many of the, you know, the, 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 the beautiful and the intellectual and the, isn't it amazing that a lot of atheists are like super smart people? Now, a lot of Christians are too, okay? Um, look, this isn't a message against education about using measurable brainwaves, all right? Uh, um, it's, it's a message about what is glorified, which is it's from God's word. And, uh, and it is true that, see, people that they feel like they're so gifted in on themselves that they don't need God. Right? But do you ever, and this is a depressing thing, but do you ever notice how many celebrities end up having miserable lives and even taking their own lives? You can ask yourself, why is that? Why is that? And uh, for you see your calling, verse 26, um, and then verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are, are mighty. And the base things of the world, which are, uh, the things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. And you say, well, it's not working because a lot of flesh is glorying in his presence. Yeah, for now. For now. There will come a day when no man, no flesh will glory in his presence. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess to the glory of God. Right? Um, and, uh, and then... Uh, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Isn't it a great privilege to be able to lead, you know, fourth and fifth graders to these truths, Abby? Um, and anybody that you have influence uh, over, you know, God wants, to, God wants to use you as a proclaimer. And the world looks at it as foolishness. The world looks at a Christian school and says, Psh. How hokey is that, right? Um, hey, I'm glad I got a. I'm glad, we had a we had a we had a Christian school right on the grounds here at one time, and uh, I'm glad that I got to go to Clinton Christian School and to just, you know, I, I wasn't paying attention the way I should have at the time. I admit that, uh, but the 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 elements of a biblical worldview, foundationally, were given to me at, at that time, and um, and I believe it made all the difference in my in my life, and and so. Um, God's good. Lord, thank you for, for your goodness to us. And uh, Lord, we're humble before you, Lord. And